We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too good. No, roll. If roll on, no, 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 no. <laughs> if the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am Ty Windish, one of your hosts. I am joined as always by the well-connected Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? Doing well. I feel like you're giving me more credit than is deserved right now. Uh, But this is an exciting episode. This is a very exciting episode, Ty. But before we get into this episode, make sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you leave a five-star rating on Apple's Spotify. If you leave a review on Apple or wherever you can, send us an email at eurosteppod at gmail.com. We'll make sure to read it out at the end of the show, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube, Eurostep Podcast Network. Uh, follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, I think that's all the plugs, right? I think so. Did you say Substack? I did. Okay. gspn.substack.com, everyone. Bingo. Um, original content after every game and more. Our assistant producer, Eugene, just wrote a very nice article about the risky move that John Horse made. But another move John Horse made was signing Javon Carter after he was waived by the Brooklyn Nets. So we decided to ask Javon Carter about that and a lot of other things. He took the time to join us on the show. We were thrilled at the opportunity. We had a good conversation with Javon about Leaving the Nets, joining the Bucks, a lot about Giannis and you know some of the other teams that he's been on. Not to name specifics, but uh, maybe some thoughts and feelings about those teams. Defense, his offensive game. We we covered a lot, Rohan, and uh, honestly, just really excited at the at the opportunity to do this and to bring you all, our listeners, this convo because you know if you've been listening around, you know we kind of approach the Bucks. Maybe fanatically, maybe, you know, it's certainly with a, a lot of care. Uh, we spend a lot of time on this. So getting to nerd out about the Bucks with a Bucks player, an active Bucks player, was a first for us. But it was very, well, kind of. On the podcast specifically as a first for us. We talked to Jordan Wara and Mamu after the Herd game. But um, this was uh, an exciting one. It really was. Uh, just great conversations all around we get some we get some fun answers from Javon like who's your 
who's the hardest player to guard in mm. your opinion? Who do you think is the best defender or does Giannis rank among his teammates? Plus like his offensive game, just a lot of great stuff. You guys are going to love it. Yeah, absolutely. So without further ado, no more plugs to do. We'll get right into it. Here is the Eurostep interview with Javon Carter. First off here, Javon, thank you so much for taking the time here to join us on the Eurostep. We're super excited to, to chat with you. Um, you know, you seem to just be fitting in really great with the Bucs, especially for a player brought in midseason in what's been a tumultuous season for, for everybody. And I know you've credited the Bucs in post-game interviews with, you know, making it easy, putting you in a really good position to succeed so far. But I wanted to ask you specifically, like, what do you think about your game and the guys, you know, the, here on the Bucks, Giannis, Chris, Drew, like what's going into that meshing perfectly so far as the Bucks are on this winning streak? Um, I feel like the guys are just dialed in defensively. You know what I'm saying? Um, playing with a team that just locks in defensively in the NBA, I feel like that's just going to get you a lot of wins in this league because everybody's really worried about their scoring and how they're going to score. But not too many teams are really locked in on their defensive end every possession, you know, trying to win games night in and night out. And I just feel like that's, that's what kind of makes us different. You obviously were a member of the Phoenix Suns when they faced off against the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA Finals last uh, July. What did you see in that Bucks team you faced in the Finals? I know it's different. Uh, and did that have any effects on you being a member of Milwaukee Bucks now, like during that process? Uh, what did I see? Um, I feel like the the difference was when, when they started picking up full. Uh, when they started picking up full, I feel like things got got real tough for the Phoenix Suns, and I feel like that was the difference maker. Honestly, and you said did that play a role in me coming here? I mean, when I got waived, it ain't like I had many many teams, you know, calling trying to have me. You know what I'm saying? And Milwaukee was one of the teams who was really thrilled to have me. So I was just happy to be a part of. It. Yeah, you mentioned the the press defense, which is fitting because, you know, going all the way back to press Virginia in your college career, you've been utilized as the the point of attack in those kind of defenses. That's certainly been the case with the Bucks as well. I feel like you're especially your the whole team, but you as kind of the main weapon there has really changed some games by pressing teams and and really putting defense first here for Milwaukee. And you mentioned they did that in the finals. They didn't always do that as much in the regular season, especially. So is that when, when you came in, you know, was that something where coach Budenholzer had in mind right away that wanted to use you more for press? Was that something that you suggested? I just want to like the process and utilizing press more and, and kind of weaponizing your defense in that way. Uh, when I got here, he just told me to go out there and be me, uh, whatever, whatever that, whatever that, Whatever that is, whatever that was, whatever I bring to the table, he just told me to just go out there and do me. So he kind of just gave me the freedom to just do whatever I wanted to as far as if I wanted to pick up, if I didn't. But honestly, I like picking up, you know. That's that's how I've been playing basketball for a long time. I kind of know no other way to play, honestly. So <laughs> that's just who I am. Yeah. I like it. Uh Let's go back a little bit. I've heard in high school, you really, really enjoyed playing baseball and you had to make a decision. You made the decision, excuse me, to like focus on basketball full time. And obviously that's launched you into a successful NBA career. Uh, but uh, considering you were uh, like a strong baseball player in high school, 
Have you ever talked to Pat Connaughton, noted uh, dual sport athlete, Pat Connaughton, about uh, being a dual sport athlete? No, no, no. We we haven't had a chance to really talk about it yet. It's We had to ask because I, I'm sure it's not this way, like for you guys actually on the team, but every broadcast that whenever Pat is playing, it's always brought up on the broadcast. It's become like a drinking game for Bucks fans of like, how long until this national TV broadcast until somebody mentions that, you know, Pat played in college and can throw 90 miles an hour or whatever. So we, we it's it's probably silly to assume that Pat Condon also tells everyone this, but that's just <laughs> the way it seems like from watching the uh, the national coverage of the team. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, changing gears a little bit here to um, to your earlier portion of the season, you know, with Brooklyn. I think obviously, you know, that a landscape shifting trade uh, occurred. Part of the reason that that you were able to make the move and, and sign with Milwaukee, James Harden going to Philly. You know, I'm sure you can't go too deep into any of this, but you know, I remember leading up to this, there was some smoke about, oh, Harden might get traded. And it just seemed so wild to me. Like there's no way a player like that would get traded. Did you think that would ever actually happen at some point? Or were like players as surprised as some of the rest of us? Uh, honestly, surprised just like you guys. Uh, being there, you never really know what's going on. You know what I'm saying? What's, what's going on in the front office? So it's, it's kind of hard to really tell. And then it, it ain't like it's, it's a lot of conversation about it going around in the locker room. So when it happened, it was a surprise for everybody. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely was a surprise. It was, uh, it was a big deal around the league. But, you know, I guess it works out. You're a member of the Bucks now. And uh, from the outside looking in, from like our perspective, when you think about a team like Milwaukee and the culture that they have, it seems very tight-knit. It just seems like a team where it's just like, they're just locked in focus every day. They're not going to tolerate like any outside noise or outside distractions or anything. How would, how would you define the culture of this team? So like through your lens of this team so far. Selfless. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's really the best word I can, I can say to describe this team. Honestly, like everybody's just selfless. I don't feel like nobody's out there playing for for themselves everybody just out there doing whatever they got to do to help the team win yeah and i feel like that's that's just how the game of basketball is supposed to be honestly i I just want to ask you know and i think it feels at least from the outside that you know a lot of that has to do with Giannis, and and you know that that comes from him but not to not trying to you know be the petty fan or have shade thrown any other way but in your experience you know playing on a few teams before this like is is it usual for a team to kind of operate in that in that selfless nature, or is that not been the norm so far? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a tough one. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've seen it. I, I put it like this: I've seen it, and, uh, and I haven't seen it. Just put it like that. Roger that. I appreciate that over the, the no comment. Um, I think that that's a that's a fine diplomatic answer. Um, yeah. <laughs> you uh, you said in your your intro press conference when when you first signed with the Bucks uh, that when you leaned into defense was back like senior year of high school as a way to make your game stand out more. And it's definitely worked. You're known as a defender. But 
You're shooting, I think, like 52% on threes so far with the Bucs, scoring more per game with the Bucs than you had with teams previously uh, in your NBA career. And I just wanted to ask, do you feel like your offensive game was actually underrated coming in? And is like the, the fit, the culture and the basketball fit helping on that end with the Bucs? Uh, I mean, honestly, I've always felt like my um, my offense is always underlooked because I'm a defender. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like more times than not, if you're a defender, it just triggers in everybody's mind that you're just a defender. Not many guys get labeled as a defender and they'd be like, oh, yeah, he can score, too. They just be like, ah, well, if he don't score as well as he play defense, then he's a defender. So they just leave it at that. And for me, I kind of like it. It works in my favor because I'm always open. So so I love being labeled just a defender because they, they don't guard me at all. Yeah. Speaking of which, like uh, I've noticed throughout these games you've been with the Bucs so far, your off-ball movement has been very, very prominent within the scope of the offense. Is that something that the team is really starting to emphasize more? Is there, Or is it more of you leveraging your basketball IQ while sharing the floor with other primary initiators? Uh, that's just me trying to find an area to, to, to score, honestly. You know what I'm saying? Like, in my mind, I'm a scorer. Everybody else's mind, I'm a defender. So I'm always trying to figure out how can I score even if I don't have the ball. You know what I'm saying? Or, or just get in the right position to give my chance and opportunity to score. So that's, that's what I'm looking at as far as when I'm on the offensive end, if I don't have the ball. Yeah, that that certainly makes sense. You know, the Bucks in particular, obviously the threes are, are very important on a team with Giannis down low. But I wanted to ask about kind of utilizing the dunker spot and if that's something that had been as much of an emphasis for offense and other teams for you. Or is that maybe something that you're, you're not used to utilizing as much, but um, but obviously looking forward to do more with the Bucks or just your 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 thought, I guess, on the dunker? Because I know the, it's something that seems like the Bucks really emphasize in terms of their offense. Um, this is definitely something that I haven't been a part of before. I've never been in an offense where I was told to go to the dunker, so it was new for me. But seeing seeing how how the other guys on the team work that dunker spot, I, I can see a lot of opportunities for me to get easy baskets there. It's just that I just got to do it more, practice it more, just see it more, and then I become more comfortable with it. Yeah, like all this talk about like you and your offense, your defense, it's just been – it's it's comes from the point that you already have a strong role within this team. Uh, I know it's still early, and but the playoffs, they're right around the corner. Has there really been any conversations between you, other players, the coaching staff, about what your like high level of play during this winning streak could mean down the line, including playoff minutes? Or is it just taking it uh, the Giannis mantra of one day at a time? Yeah, just taking it day by day. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that figured that would be the answer. Would have loved if you were like, no, yeah, I'm actually they they booked me for X playoff minutes so far, but it seems like the the Bucks just are not a team to do anything too far in advance, um, which seems like it's a it's a working and, and winning mentality. Um I yes. wanted 
Yeah, uh, definitely. So I wanted to ask about DeAndre Bembry. Obviously, you know, the, another player on the Nets who ended up joining the Bucks when when you did as well, or around the same time than you did as well. Um, you know, what is the the relationship with him like before? And I know you said I think you knew Drew a little bit previously, but um, just you know what it's been like, kind of fitting in on the Bucks, joining a new team mid season, um, but at least having one guy that you played with earlier. Uh, me and DeAndre, we actually became pretty close with our time in, um, in Brooklyn. I was, he, yeah, me and him actually became pretty cool for real. So, you know, it was good seeing a familiar face coming in. And then, honestly, coming here, they, they didn't make it weird or anything. Like, they accepted me from day one right when I came in. So, they kind of made it easy to transition in with them, honestly. It felt like I've been here all season for real. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's, yeah. <laughs> it's like say, it seems like that for us too, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like immediately when you check into games, it's like, oh yeah, Javon Carter, we know what he's going to bring. He's been doing it with the Bucks all season. Oh wait. Yeah, <laughs> Seven games or six season. games. Yeah. Uh, but uh, just like going back to like a general league landscape and you and your career, uh, we talked earlier about like culture and stuff, but uh, you've played with a bunch of elite players throughout your entire career, like superstars, like Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, James Harden. Now Giannis, uh, I recognize there hasn't been a lot of time. It's still early days. But where does Giannis sort of fall on that list in terms of, like, talent and uh, culture setting? He's at the top. (laughs) How can you not put him at the top? Man, he's at the top, man. He's at the top of the list, man. It ain't ain't too many. I've I've never been around a player that, that plays the game the way Giannis does. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's one thing to have his ability and have his talent, but to go out there and, and treat the game the way he does is just – he's just – he's so dominant, man. It's just its just crazy to be a part of. It's crazy to watch on a nightly basis. You think MVP3 should be inbound? I mean, I only been here seven games. From the seven games that I've seen, I got him MVP. <laughs> <laughs> Um, definitely hard to argue. Is that like seeing seeing the dominance and, and just being around him? I mean, obviously anybody can tune in and watch the box or, or go to games. And, and you had, you know, we're, we're there for the finals when he kind of really took that step forward, I think, in terms of, you know, the all-time greats, really, for Giannis. I mean, he's kind of consensus top 25 already, which is crazy to think about for someone a couple years away from turning 30 still. But is that something that you appreciated more, you know, coming here and, and being around him in practice and in games and being on his team? Or did you I kind of just know on the way in what, what Giannis would be like? 
I mean, I knew on the way in, but it's still different just watching him do it every day. You know what I'm saying? Just watching what, what he's capable of and just seeing it every night. It's like, okay, now you see why he averages like 30 every game. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's almost impossible to stop that man for real. It's just crazy. Yeah, it, it sure seems like it when you yeah. watch the games. Like, what is it? Like the last two games, like under 30 minutes, he's putting up like 40. It's like, it's ridiculous. Uh, shifted gears a little bit. Uh, there was a new episode of How Hungry Are You that dropped uh, yesterday, Serge Ibaka show. DeMar DeRozan was the guest. And he mentioned that when him and Serge were teammates, Serge was always the slowest getting out of the locker room and always the last one to show up to the plane or the bus. I just want to know if that's still the case. Is that the case for this Bucks team? Is Serge still the slowest? Or or who is the slowest? Uh, yeah, I would say Serge, for sure. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for sure. It's got to take his time, get the big scarf folded up all right. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, he got a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to, to ask you just about um, uh, DeAndre, uh, another, another thing. You know, he had played with with Bud before uh, in Atlanta at the beginning of, of uh, DeAndre Bembry's career. And I just wonder, you know, when when he found out you were going to be joining the team or vice versa, you know, what were what did he, if anything, kind of tell you to give you a preview of what playing for Bud would be like? He just told me he was like, yo, Bud going to let you be you. He's like, one thing you don't have to worry about is not being you. He's like, Bud is going to just accept who you are and he's going to let you go be who you are. He was like, they already know what you can and can't do. So just go out there and be you like that. Is that, is that sort of like a unique thing around the league is because it's like the way you mentioned, it's like, Oh, in other situations, again, I'm not going to make you name names, but in other (laughs) situations I've had to worry about that. Is that, is that not like a common thing in the league? No, sir. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'm just gonna leave it at that no, <laughs> i guess i mean this i think this ties into something that we talk about and that actually maybe surprisingly because i'm sure I, I hope for your sake you're not on like bucks twitter all the time it's there's some some good stuff but as any social media a lot of not good stuff but there's a lot of kind of griping about sometimes you know maybe like early possession shots that that aren't ideal shots right like no pass shots or early in the shot clock when someone's not wide open or just a lack of kind of you know concrete set plays like people are used to seeing you know a ton of drawn up action scripted stuff every possession whereas the bucks seem like they are more loose more you know letting players thrive within their comfort zones you know is that something that it's just obviously worth it to you as a player to have more flexibility and freedom and, and less of that kind of, you know, set actions and, and sort of like the Hoosiers mentality coaching. Uh, definitely. Because uh, when you out there, if you're, if it's something you feel like you can do and you do it and it don't go as well, you don't have to worry about the coaches or the players or just, everybody's body language, you just knowing that like, ah, that was a bad shot. I shouldn't have did that. I probably would never do that again. But it's like, no, nah, you don't want to feel like that. Because if it's something you feel like you can do or you feel like you can make it, you want to you wanna have that confidence to take it every time. And your teammates, you want to you wanna have them believing in you that, like, that you can make that shot. So they encourage you to take that shot. So now you got all the confidence in the world when you're ready to do something because you've got everybody on your side. Then the opposite. 
Yeah. Seems like it's a good mentality to have. Seems like it's working. Uh, like, and especially like on the defensive end, like that's, that's the type of mentality that it takes on the defensive end as well. And uh, speaking of defense, like you've been on some really strong defensive teams in the past. Obviously you yourself, a very strong defender though, as we talked about earlier, that's not your entire game. Uh, but it seems like this version of this Bucks team has a lot, a lot of defensive weapons. They have yourself, they have Drew Holiday, Giannis, Brooke Lopez, when he's able to play Wes Matthews, Chris Middleton, et cetera, Go, list goes on and on. Like, does having so many great defensive players around you really make your job easier or does it make, uh, does it make the defense that much tougher to score on because you, you, you don't have like players who are able to be targeted more by opposing teams. Definitely because there, there is no drop off. You know what I'm saying? Every, everybody that touches the ball on the other team is going to have to go against a good defender. So whatever basket they finna get, it's not finna be easy. So if we make you shoot tough shots all night, I'm taking my chances with the Milwaukee Bucks every night. Exactly. I mean, that's really what went into winning the title last year was, I mean, the offense wasn't always ideal for the Bucks, but defensively, you know, P.J. Tucker stepping in as a starter when, when Dante DiVincenzo goes down, that that was it, right? That was like, you you won't score enough. We'll force transition. Giannis will figure it out. Chris will figure it out. Drew will figure it out. And, and, you know, we'll get enough points, but if, if other teams just can't score, it's just really, really hard to win that way. So, you know, is that, I guess, leaning into defense? I mean, I, I know the Bucks are basically just wanting to play free anyway, but do you feel like from the coaching staff and, and the organization that, you know, there is an emphasis on wanting to lean more on defense than offense? Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of really tough to say because it's like, I don't know. This team, it's like, it's not like we're really just talking defense. It's like they just already know what they're doing for real. And by the time I got here, it was just like, eh, I just fit in with the rest. So like, like it, it ain't, I wouldn't say it's something we just talking about it every day, but it's just something that they just already know that they got to go out there and lock in and do. It's just, it's just who they are for real. And I love it. Yeah, this uh, this team, they have, like the pillars have been here for a little bit. Obviously, Drew was only here last season. But like Giannis, Chris, Brooke Lopez, they've been here for a couple of years, especially the defense anchored by Brooke Lopez. Uh, speaking of which, he's been uh, he's been getting some five on five running with the Wisconsin herd practices. Have you seen? How's he looking from your end? Have you seen anything? No, nah, no, nah, I have. I haven't got a chance to see it actually. Oh, okay. Did you have to sign an NDA if you saw Brooke Lopez work out? I feel like this is the tightest secret in Milwaukee Bucks history. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, but I haven't, I haven't seen it, though. Okay. Understood. Roger. Um, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you just kind of a, a an off-the-cuff question, but, you know, Rohan mentioned playing with Giannis, playing with Drew, two players who are, you know, all defense-level guys for sure. And I think they've both gotten that that honor in years past. Who do you think the best defender that that you've ever played with is? And it doesn't have to just be on this version of the Bucks, although obviously some really good candidates here. Best defender? Besides you. You can say you if you want, but I, I would I'm interested in Oh uh, yeah. Else I'm going with me then. I'm yeah. going with me. I got a mob beat. <laughs> Who's number two? Uh I don't know. Giannis or Drew? Yeah, just one of them. They obviously do such different things, but clearly it's it's quite a, a pair of defenders. Yeah, it's it's tough to really say for real because they're 
I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough. I just know I'm over both of them. <laughs> Do you, uh, one more quick defensive question. You know, some people, especially last playoffs, especially the Nets series, kind of questioned Giannis's DPOY credentials because he would start so many possessions off ball, off of primary, you know, um, offensive players to anchor the the help side defense, right, and, and cover so much ground that way, in addition to being a, a great on-ball defender. Do you think that that argument is, is kind of ridiculous given what he contributes to defense no matter where he is or who he's guarding? Come on, now. Tell him, tell him whoever's saying that, stop it. Look at Rudy Gobert. How many times he guarding the ball? Yeah. How many defensive players of the year have he won? Where's the argument there? So I don't even want to get into that. That's just nonsense. They don't know basketball. Glad glad we're in agreement there. Yeah, yep. <laughs> um, let's flip the question, though. Uh, you're a great defender, obviously number one on your list. Uh, who's the toughest player you've had to guard? Mm. Who would you say is the toughest guard? Ooh, toughest to guard. Ooh, that's a tough one. Uh... Probably Kyrie. Kyrie? Yeah. He's just yeah. so shifty with the ball. <laughs> like it's yeah, just yeah. He's, a, he's a tough cover. He's a tough cover. Do you feel like generally it's harder in your experience to guard someone like that? And obviously you pick Kyrie, so maybe it's it's obviously yes. Like someone who is, you know, faster, shiftier, better handle versus a player maybe more like Harden or LeBron or whoever else. Obviously, LeBron is, is a forward, not really a guard, but someone who's just strong. Russell Westbrook, uh, we'll say. Uh, yeah, because, man, when you – um, I feel like Kyrie's tough because he, he can do everything with both hands. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you can't really send him left because he can go left and score on you. You can't send him right because he can go right and score on you. So it's like – Ah, now what? You know what I'm saying? Now you just got to try to guess right. And he got all the moves in the world. So it's, it's hard to guess right every single time. Oh, well, that that's a potential first-round playoff matchup. So. <laughs> For <laughs> we'll see what happens. Yeah, at least <laughs> case, we'll see what happens there. Um, just, I don't know. Like, like just thinking about this team in general, like you, a part of this team, obviously this team has championship aspirations and uh, like they've been there before you're uh, now joining the reigning champions. Do you guys, is there a confidence? Like, is there a quiet confidence within this team? Like, Oh yeah, we're definitely capable of doing this again because it seems like at points during the regular season, which is obvious it's the regular season, not the playoffs. There's just a little bit of a lull. You're like, okay, wake me up when the game sort of, matter again uh when it comes postseason time now it's starting to ramp up again the schedule is tougher is there like is there that quiet confidence like yeah yeah we're totally ready to do this again oh for sure i mean why wouldn't it be why 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 shouldn't we feel like we can go win it all again you know what i'm saying they i proved it once so now it's like let's go prove it again absolutely i i wanted to ask you know is it and obviously, you know, every player, yourself included, for sure, you know, you want to win every game, you want to give 100% every game. I mean, that that goes without saying, but is there any maybe added incentive or like chip on your shoulder type deal with, you know, getting waived midseason? Um, obviously, you know, it's it's bigger than you. It wasn't just a you decision. There's a lot happening with the Nets in the league. But is that add any kind of extra? I know that you had a, a certain smile when asked about your first game with the Bucks being against Brooklyn. But I uh, just wondered if, if that factors in for you at all or if you just put it behind you immediately. 
I mean, no, nah, it's, it's definitely still there for sure. Uh, who wants to get waived? You know what I'm saying? So it's it's definitely there. But I mean, it is what it is. I ain't tripping. <laughs> I'm above. That's that's uh, we're we're very happy about that for sure. Um, you know, I think I uh, just wanted to thank you so much, Javon, for the time. Really appreciated having you on the uh, the Eurostep podcast. And uh, yeah, if there's uh, anything that that you know you're you're doing on and off court, you wanted people to know about, feel free to to you know quick plug here. But otherwise, seriously, thank you so much for the time. Nah, I ain't got nothing, man. Appreciate y'all. Okay, Rohan, we we conversed with Javon Carter. We uh, had to kind of separate it out from the intro outro. He's a busy guy on a busy schedule, but. That, thankful that he was able to uh, to take the time to chat with us. Of course, let's talk about our favorite or biggest takeaways from the episode. I will let you go first if you would like. Sure. I'd say my favorite moment from the episode, like his answers, was that Serge Ibaka is still the slowest guy on the team in terms <laughs> of was, getting ready. It was such a specific question. You asked and, and came up with the question and – I just love that you're you're really invested in knowing if Serge is still moving slower than the rest of his teammates. I feel like that's not a lot of people didn't have that takeaway from watching that "How Hungry Are You" episode, so I, I had to make sure I asked. Yeah, you got a good answer. I, I honestly, I really expected Javon to just be like, you know, oh, I haven't really paid attention, or you know, something like that. And I love that he's just like, oh yeah, Serge is definitely the slow. How slow is Serge? Should have been the follow up we asked, like. <laughs> like hours like are the Bucks gonna miss a game because of Serge Ibaka maybe um I, I think my favorite moment though like w- let's be clear reading between the lines solely based on the interview you just listened to there's nothing cut out there's no other dialogue but Javon Carter hates the Nets dude like Javon <laughs> Carter clearly clearly does not care for the Brooklyn Nets very much um based on a lot of different answers in there and again I this is me reading into this you know, he did not get on the call and say anything bad about the Nets in particular. But just the my takeaway from so many questions was that he's pretty clearly much happier to be on the Bucks than he was to be in Brooklyn. It's better to have that guy when you're facing a team like Brooklyn, potentially. So there's some uh, there's some demons he could exercise there. There sure are. And I think uh, I, we, I didn't ask him. I thought about it, but I, I thought, no, that's probably too specific. Maybe if we ever get to talk with him again. Maybe after the, a playoff run, you've got to imagine if he's able to outplay Goran Dragic in a series, that would be a, a pretty a pretty tight moment for for all Bucks fans and especially for for our guy Javon. But um, yeah, and just you know, ask. I think I've referenced the smile. It's the stand-in picture on the YouTube. If you're watching this whole time, has been the smile. Unfortunately, Javon was not able to connect via video, but. Um, yeah, he had a particular smile when asked about his first Bucks game being against the Nets, so I kind of figured, but uh, totally logical, totally makes sense, and hey, you never mind having a guy like that on your team. No, and I think just in seriousness, like my biggest takeaway is how locked in he is to this team. Like yeah. he kept on mentioning like this team plays selfless more than any other team that he's been on. Wink, wink. Buys it on defense, like which not all teams do. Allows him to be himself, which. Doesn't happen on every team, Rohan. Apparently not. And apparently like this coaching staff just lets him uh, play free. It's just like, that's the type of stuff you love to hear about this team, right? Like you, we can see that as, as observers, like, oh, this team is they just seem locked in. Like they're not going to let any outside distractions get to them. But to hear that coming from a player saying like, oh yeah, that's actually the case. Like this is how we operate on a game to game, day to day basis. Like that, that was fun to hear. 
Yeah, I mean, a player who came in with relatively, you know, reasonable expectations, like on an org standpoint, right? Like we're talking to someone who's only been a buck for a couple of weeks. And this is not like, you know, rolled out the red carpet, like when they signed Greg Monroe in 2015, right? Like this is, you know, a mid-season acquisition um, with an open roster spot. So it's not like there's, you know, special treatment going into this. Like the Bucks just are this way. And I think, you know, maybe you, if you're a listener for a while, you, we've certainly been critical about the Bucks org, the Bucks front office on, on things. And we'll continue to do so as we see fit. But I think one thing we continue to identify is, the culture is there and it is really strong. And that definitely, I agree, really also was a standout moment. A few moments from our interview was just like how much you can tell Javon really likes playing on this team. Yeah. Like when we talked about his answers, like a lot of that came from Giannis too. Yeah. Like he put Giannis right at the top of the list, the yeah. very top of the list in terms of talent culture setting. Is he saying that because he's on his team now or is he <laughs> being serious that I, again, don't know. Uh, but uh, we'll take it at, we'll take him as his word as we should yeah. and say that Giannis is at the top. I mean, we've, we've heard players and Bucks players even kind of, you know, hedge a little bit more. Javon was like, no, he's got to be number one. Like, come on. So uh, I, I, I'm i with it. I mean, maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid because he was just on our pod. But uh, I, I'm taking every single thing Javon Carter said at face value. I, I believe in Javon. How can you not? How could Have you, you not? Have you seen this, the way this man plays? Yeah. It's it's very it's straight up. It's like It's like you see what you get and you like it. Yeah, it's not just defense, though. Underrated it's not offensive just defense. Game. It's not just defense. He's an offense first guy. No, not first. <laughs> not first. But there's levels in the offense. It's closer to the defense people think. People don't talk about it. But he likes that. We're, let's not Let's not just say every single thing he said on the podcast. I think uh, I think we're falling into that trap just because we had so much fun doing this. But, um, yeah, any, anything else? I don't think there's really anything else we have to cover. The Bucks won a lot of games in a row. They're off until Saturday night now. So a lot of time to run this back two, three times and, and really savor it. Yeah, Saturday night. Who are they? They play Warriors. the Jazz? The Warriors, Warriors, and then the Jazz on yep. uh, Monday, yep. I believe. If he, like, aside from the Warriors game, if he is the reason that the Milwaukee Bucks finally win a game in Utah, goat. Goated, right? And listen, if it comes right after a Eurostep appearance, it might be a trend. I mean, that's my new LeVar thing. Yeah. Just got to keep the win streak going. How, how many. What's his, what's the Bucks record since Javon Carter's been on the Euro stuff? Let's make that a thing. I like that. Let's let's we need a long win. So let's just the rest of the regular season, sixteen after that, then we can uh, then we can really claim to have had a profound effect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But hopefully, you guys enjoyed the episode. Yeah, uh, we certainly did. So hopefully, we uh, you know put out some good content for you guys. Yeah. Uh, like I said up top, make sure you guys are subscribed. Make sure you leave a five star rating on uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you can. Ty, we have a review to read. Let's read a review. We do. We do. Um, it's uh, a man of few words, Ryan Kret via Apple Podcast. Five stars, of course. Wouldn't be read if it wasn't. Headline, good pod. Description, go Bucks. Hey, we'll take Perfect. it. If, if all you want, if, if, you're, if you are sitting at home saying, you know, I'd love to leave a review, support the show. I know it really helps them, but I don't have anything to say. Just put go Bucks, Bucks at six, you know, whatever. We, it doesn't, a five-star review is a five-star review. We love when people are profound and, you know, really drop their thoughts, feelings, analysis. Next podcast, you will get that. Actually, we have another review uh, on deck, but go Bucks is fine. We we agree. We Yeah, we do agree. Go Bucks. And thank you, Ryan, for the review. Make yeah. sure you do leave a five-star 
rating, like I said, and we'll read it out on the pod like we just did. Make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're subscribed to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. Make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube, Eurostep Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, you know, uh, pod random. Go Bucks, and we'll talk to you next time.